So, years ago, I think it was, I forgot what year exactly it was. I was in a park ministering the gospel of Jesus. And um, I was on stage. It was super hot. But my bars were still crazy. Um, tough crowd. <laughs> uh, I was scheduled to do something in the day and then at night travel someplace else and do something. And for the first time, I've begun to get these migraines. And if you've ever had severe migraines, they're no fun. They feel like somebody took a ball of pins and explode them in your head. And so the pain was everywhere and the symptoms of that was I lost my eyesight and I started, I'll spare you the details. Some of the brothers that were with me, we were driving to the other location and I told them, pull over, I can't, I can't. And that begun to happen consistently every time I ministered the gospel. And I didn't understand what was happening to me. I just didn't get it. And uh, I have a cousin in the family who's a doctor. And I, I told her, I said, I don't know what is going on with me. She said, you know, that might be um, just that you have, you know, severe migraines. Or that might be indication that you have a tumor. I said, tumor? too fly to die. I'm joking about it now, but it was, when you hear that, you like said to him, I said, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I'll never ever do it again. Come on, somebody. I know, I know I'm going to meet you someday. Not today, though, Lord. We can meet here. Amen. And so I went to the doctor to get checked out, and the doctor took me, gave me x-rays of my head. So that day, I had all type of crazy visions in my head, y'all. My wife was looking at me like, this man is sick. She's like, you're fine, bro. It's not going to be nothing. But in my head, I was like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I went into the doctor, and the doctor told me, he said, you, there's nothing wrong with you, right? I made a whole song about it called MRI. It's on the album uh, years ago. And then I started looking at migraines as to what, what can cause it and how can you control it because it's not fun to live with the pain. You know, I still got this issue and, and, you know, and he said it could be something like lights. So I started thinking maybe at the shows the lights are too bright. So I would ask people to turn the lights down. Then it wasn't that. I'd still get it. And then they say it's a type of food. So I cut off all types of food. And still got it. And then one day, I discovered what was happening to me. At these events, I would be high energy, and I would sweat and begin to dehydrate. And what was happening to me was every time I dehydrated, and the sound and the lights kicked in, it triggered it, and the headaches occurred. So... My solution was, and this made me feel good because I felt like an athlete, Gatorade. So I started drinking a lot of Gatorade at the events and hydrating like crazy. Man, grab me that water. I got to hydrate while I'm telling you this. 
Here's the point, y'all. If I'm hydrated, that stuff doesn't affect me. And so when the pandemic hit, I, I forgot I even wrestled with that because it was so good for so long. I didn't struggle with it. I didn't have a migraine for years. And when the pandemic hit, I wasn't doing nothing. Chilling. Amen. And just home, masked up, washing groceries when they come to the door. Come on. How many of you remember the pandemic? Come on. How many of you tied your face up? Hallelujah. I had all types of face ties. I just opened the door. I'd hose the grocery down, bring it in, soap it up. There is somebody in this room that's probably still doing that. I think the fear of Corona is now greater than Corona itself. It's funny how that lingers, right? Amen. <laughs> and so during the pandemic, I wasn't doing anything. And then finally, things started opening up. And somebody invited me to preach. And I went to preach. And he had his... He, he wa- I, his heat work. Just gonna say it like that, and it worked real good. And I preached my my head off that night. I preached, I preached, and I blessed the people of God. And I begun to dehydrate, and I didn't know. And um, it came right back. Came right back. And uh, the solution became, again, water. Spoke to my doctor friend, and she said, you need mad water every day. I don't even know the number. Eight glasses. Then I remembered Stacy and people like Ruel, who would carry jugs of water with them when they walk. <laughs> And my, and, and, and my niece, Crystal, one day, Crystal has a backpack of water. <laughs> and then Brandon got down. I'm like, you too? But he don't ever drink it. His bottle always full. He'll be like, bro, you're just carrying weight. And I begun to look up as I begun to, over the last year, work on myself because I want to live long and I want to be healthy on stage. I want to be able to run. Jumping. And I said, give me a mix. I want to be able to mix it. Come on, y'all. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to be like, give me a mix. Yo, pardon me, y'all, but y'all feel the song? Y'all going, I didn't want to do that. I want to be able to rap the whole song. Come on, somebody. And I began to think about how much when you drink water, it helps your body. Just this simple drinking of water stops migraines from happening in my life. Then I began to feel like they said, it greases your joints and it makes you less tired. And I'm like, wow, drinking water really replenishes and helps the body. Then I started thinking, I wonder if there's any type of water I could drink that could heal a broken heart too. Or if there's a water that could take sadness. 
Because sometimes the pain in life is not just physical. It's emotional. You can heal a cut, but a wounded heart can last a lifetime. You can heal a cut and you can move on, but the wounds can put lens on your eyes and you can live through those lens. I know people who will, through the pandemic, some people will never get over fear because of what has happened to their minds. I lost a cousin in the pandemic. And so in my mind, anytime I hear anything happening, I'm like, are you going to die? Because it hits so close. And I'm wondering if there's any water that can fix a man's soul. Just like literal water helps to replenish hardware, I wonder if there's something for the software. Today what I want to talk to you about, my subject is water. Let's pray. Father, I give you praise and I give you glory and I give you honor for who you are in my life. And I just pray today, Father, Lord God, that you would cause this word to be a blessing to the hearts of every hearer in this room. I pray, Father, Lord God, that you would use the word that you've placed in my heart, that it would bring glory to your name and that someone, Father, Lord, would be transformed by the gospel, that we would leave this place changed and transformed. For your glory. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. I want to go to the book of John chapter 4 verse 5. I'm trying not to be long. But I ain't preached. To you guys. In a long time. So I got to make up. In the book of John chapter 4 verse 5. It tells a famous story there. That we might know. The Bible says that Jesus. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar. Near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Amen. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, I want y'all to slow down. What's the next word? He gets that. Jesus, tired as he was from the journey. The God-man was tired. Because while he's fully God and is sustaining the world, He's fully man and feeling everything men feel. And he became tired. Have you ever been tired? Drained? And you just feel like I need to sit and rest? Come on, somebody tell your neighbor, don't be on your phone. Hallelujah. And you just feel drained and you feel like I need to rest. Well, the master felt this way from his journey, and he sat down by a well. As one preacher said it, a well sitting by a well. 
<laughs> Come on, somebody. It was about noon when a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Hmm. Women in those times usually came together. That was a big gossip time. I didn't mean that I said that out loud. It wasn't because women was, I didn't mean to say women. It was, it was like going to a salon. I'm in trouble. Women went to the well and they went together and they talked and they shared stories. But this woman was coming to the well at a strange hour. People study and said, this is the hottest time of the day. This is not the time you want to go to get water. But she's coming because later on we find out that it's possible she don't have a lot of friends because she had a lot of husbands. Usually when <laughs> the possibility is that when you got a lot of guys, there's a lot of people who got a lot to say about you. I don't know. I wasn't there. But for some reason, she was coming to the well at noontime by herself. And then Jesus asks this stuff here. Jesus turns to her when she pulls up and says, Jesus is asking. Jesus. Y'all ain't come to get you. Jesus is asking. First of all, that don't even make sense. Jesus is asking? Give me a drink. Hallelujah. His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said, Sir... You're a Jew. And I am a Samaritan woman. What's happening there? She's trying to correct Jesus or help him out and say, you don't understand. But she don't understand. Here's the thing, y'all. This woman we later on find out has many husbands, divorced each one of them, moved on to the next one, move on to the next one. And you got to begin to wonder, after the first husband, and in those times, it wasn't she was leaving them, because men were the, the dominant people. So they were letting her go, letting her go. She's not finding no type of joy or nothing's happening in her life that is great. And she's coming to get water because you need water to be sustained, to, to live. But she's being sustained but never changed. And many of us are living life and doing things that we think 
can change us, but in actuality, all they will do is sustain, but never change. And God wants to do more than sustain. He wants to change you. Ah, let me help you, church. If you cannot find it in Jesus, nothing he's created or nothing you will ever chase will ever do it for you. Jesus is the chase. And, and, and so, 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 so she's coming to drink water and, and some of us, we, we, we go to work every day. And we've dreamed of the job we, we've dreamed of. Or we dreamed of whatever it is you're doing. What, I'm in business. I'm in, and you dream of it and you're going every day. And after a while, I promise you, keep going long enough. It'll feel like I'm going to get water and it sustains me. But it doesn't fill me. Because only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can give you peace. Only Jesus can, can touch the depth of your soul and give you purpose and let you know that in this world that is filled with galaxies and billions and billions of stars and you're not small and you're not insignificant, you have purpose and you are loved. And you are not loved because of what you do. You are loved because I made you. She's going every day to get water. How, how many of us could relate to this? Because we live in a culture that tells us you are what you do. So you got to do something to feel alive. And we chase it and we fall into that. We live in a society where it's all. And not only it's not good enough to do it. Now we've got to tape it to let people know we're doing it. I thought doing it would be enough, but it's not enough. I want people to know I'm doing it, and you're still empty, and they liking it. Come on, somebody. She's sustained but not changed. And Jesus says to this woman, give me a drink. First thing she did was highlight the division between her and Jesus. She said, "Some, let me show you something. You will never get blessed if all you could see is the reasons why we are divided. This is what she did. She said, Give me water. She said, you're a Jew. And your kind don't mix with my kind. So, sir, how dare you ask me for a drink? You don't know what type of society we live in. And let me say this, y'all. Ungodly divisions hinders your progress. There are divisions that are created not by God that we fall into. And if all you see is a reason to divide the very people that you are probably dividing from. Are the people that probably could bless you.
Don't fall into ungodly divisions. And the world is good at that. The world is good at dividing us. We're divided down racial lines. We're divided down political lines. We're divided down uh, theological lines. We're divided around. And she's, look, and this woman is telling the God man, you're a Jew. Why are you asking me for a drink if she only knew? And Jesus says that to her. He says, why are you at? Don't let ungodly systems that wants to do your blessing. You don't know who it is in. Don't let what you've been told or taught hinder you from going beyond where you you were born in a place, but you don't have to stay there. The other day, I took my kids' soccer practice, and I was talking to the coach. The coach said, I, I like what your boys are doing, and he was talking. And I said, yeah, man. And in my mind, everything I was saying was, I'm trying to get money from them. But uh, uh, he's telling, I'm trying, hey, these boys better kick that ball. You better kick, Silas. And uh, got me out in his hot sun. I don't play soccer. You better kick. <laughs> but he told me, he said, he said, man, there's a girl in this neighborhood that is amazing. He said, I personally believe she can play for any college and she can go all the way. He said, but the problem is, for some reason, she doesn't know how to get out of this community. And I heard what he wasn't saying. Sometimes what we create in our minds can cause us to be locked into a place. And she is literally about to get her whole life change and what's about to block her was you're a Jew <laughs> oh boy be careful that you see correctly before you judge through the wrong eyes amen and look at what happens go on go on put up the scripture Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God, who was sit, is it that asked you for a drink? And I love how Jesus flexed here. Because he asked for help. And whenever you see there's a need to help somebody, don't be so quick not to help. Because the concept is if they're asking for help, they need me. But the truth is there are some times when you are asked to help something, the help is not going to be for them. It's actually going to be for you. Let me tell you something. Some of your greatest blessings will come when you begin to help. You see an old lady crossing the street with a bag, help her. You never know, $2 million could come from that help. I'm telling you what I know. I'm telling you what I know and have lived and seen. Don't, don't the ability to help. When you see somebody look like this is going nowhere, this person is. And, and look, look, look what she, she goes on to say. He, he says to her, lady, I'm asking you for help. But the, yeah, I'm just going to be frank with you. The truth is, I don't need you nor that water. And if you only had any idea who's asking you for help, 
you would serve me differently. You'd jump in the well. You'd go green. If you knew who was talking. And let me tell you something. That goes, listen, sometimes, sometimes, and, and when you preach, I'm not Jesus and you're not. But sometimes I feel like that. Sometimes you ask people for help and they try to diss you because they, the way they look at you. And you'll be sitting there like, bro, you don't even know why I asked you to help me. But seeing that you don't have the time to help me and I ain't Jesus, I ain't going to help you nor tell you what I got. Come on, somebody. Sometimes when you look at something, it looks like it's not going nowhere. Don't be deceived, y'all. Don't be so quick to throw stones. And, and, and let me tell you something. Sometimes when you ask for help too, know that the Lord is with you. Whatever he's put on you, it might. Sometimes people might make you feel you don't got it. And she was trying to do that to you. Look, he said, he said, lady, listen to me. If you knew who I was, you'd give me a drink. You would ask me. Uh, uh, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Look at her. But you ain't got nothing to draw. She really don't want to get blessed. She saw his nationality. She saw what he looked like. He's tired. He talking big. This woman, keep in context has a lot of husbands she don't know how to pick men <laughs> ask me how i know <laughs> and the one she was currently with he ain't even put a ring on it And the one man who could change her life. You're at jail and you ain't even got a bucket. <laughs> what can you do for me? You see how uh, uh, the way we live. Do you see how all of this can mess us up in how we view our own God? But Jesus won't quit. He said, you don't got nothing to draw and the well is deep. You're right. The well is deep. But you don't got nothing to draw. Where can you get this living water? Come on, somebody. Are you greater than our father Jacob? <laughs> I am the God of... Y'all ain't hearing me in this place. I want to tell you today, don't be so quick not to help. Because the thing that God is asking you to help with could be the thing that he wants to use to bless your life. Oh, I'm going to go there a little bit. I'm going to go there a little bit. I'm going to go there a little bit. Come on, tell your neighbor, put on your seatbelt. Come on, tell them, put on your, tell your neighbor, put on your seatbelt, because pastor's about to kill me. Hallelujah. 
Come on, tell your neighbor, ladies and gentlemen, we want to welcome you aboard to Church City Airlines. We realize that you could have been flying with anybody, but today you're flying with us. First, we want you to put on your seatbelt in case you need oxygen. I hope something will drop to help you breathe. But let's get ready to go there. When it comes to helping Jesus, it seemed like we forgot how to help him. We think we'd do him a favor. The audacity of this lady, if she thought I'd dunk some water and give him, I did him a favor. You don't ever do Jesus a favor. Helping him is helping. Oh, no, no, no. Tell your neighbor that belt ain't tight enough. You put it on, but it's loose. This plane is going to jerk. Hallelujah. You going to, we landing in Tamari Airport where the airport is half the way and they break soon as you land. If you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. Hallelujah. Uh, 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 uh. Let me tell you something. There was a man in the Bible by the name of David who did something foolish. And as a result, God begun to send plagues on the children. And he said, how could I fix this? Somebody said, you got to offer sacrifices and call on God. And so he needed to find a place to build this altar. And he went and he found a man and he asked the man for the land. He said, I want this piece of land because I want this land here. To build an altar to God that we may repent and that he may forgive us. The man said, you are the king. You don't have to pay me for this. This is yours. Take it up and do what you want. Now some of us by that time would say, thank you my brother. Look how God provided. But you put up Samuel. Put up 2 Samuel 24, 24. This is what David said. David said this, he said, I will never give to God that which costs me nothing. Look, but the king replied to Aaron, no, I insist on paying you for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. So David bought it. Because he wanted to know that when I give God, I don't give God second best. I don't give God what's left of me. I don't give God what I could. When I give God, God gets the best. Everything else gets the rest of me. God gets the best of me. The world gets the rest. I put on that seatbelt. I'm not going to give corporate America more of me and God gets the rest of me. I'm not going to give eight hours a day to the world and the church can't get out. Mm, put on that seatbelt. I can't come to prayer meeting. I can't show up to a Bible study. I can't go out witnessing. Because I got mental issues. I got this and that. And that. But there's a concert. I'm there. Oh, you can't give God. You can't. We work secular environments. Secular don't mean bad. But secular don't mean God. And we pour our giftings into them. And we give them our energies. And we give them our talents. And we build. We on social media from the time we wake up. They give you that platform. You build their platforms with your pictures. Did you know that? 
Did you know that there's a reason when you stay away from it, those notifications start coming on? Because they want you to come back. Because they survive with you being on there. And every day you build their platform. But you don't... The world gets the rest of me. God gets the best of me. And David said, when it comes to God, I'm never going to give him what it doesn't cost me. There's a verse in the Bible in the book of Malachi. Hallelujah. And this is what it says. Malachi chapter 1 verse 6. The children of Israel at this time came back. They rebuilt the walls. They rebuilt the temple. And they were successful people. But success is dangerous. Because people begin to get comfortable. And they start to think, what's the purpose of God? And let me help some of you who have been Christians for many years. There's never come in a time when you've done enough for the Lord. I did my work for the Lord. Now I'm good. Who told you that? The Lord should quit on you when you quit on him. Oh, that, that belt tight, ask your neighbor, yo, time for the oxygen mask. Some people feel I've done enough, I've, I've done, I've, I sang in the choir. That's what God get. And look at this. God begins to talk through the prophet and he says, a son honors his father, a slave his master. And if I am a father, where is my honor due me? If I'm a master, where is the respect due me, says the Lord Almighty. If it is you, priest, who show contempt, go on, read on. We're going to read on. Go. Keep going with me. My name. For you ask, how do we show contempt for your name? And look at what they were doing by offering defiled food on my altar. But you ask, how have we defiled you? By saying that the Lord's table is, is contemptible. Go on. When you offer blind animals for sacrifice. In other words, there's a sacrifice that God says when you bring to me, it should be without blemish. When you bring something to me, don't ever feel like you did me a favor. When you see that scripture that all of us use that we learn from our favorite television evangelist, your gift will make room for you. Look, my gift is going to bring me before great men. I, I can sing. Look, my gift is bringing me before great men. You know, that doesn't mean that. It means that whenever you came to a king, if you want access, the gift you bring will determine the access. Oh, I done messed y'all up with that because y'all were around. My gift will bring me before great people and I'll be great. <laughs> and let me tell you something. If you're thinking earthly kings, you're thinking wrong. I want a gift big enough that'll give me access to God. And I realize this, that I'll never have that gift. But this is why grace is so amazing. He said, you can't ever bring me a gift. But my son, blood, will give you. So if there ever a gift I will brag about, it will be about what was done on the cross. Somebody ought to shout. I am already given access to the king because the greatest gift. I got some oxygen there. He says, 
said, when you offer me blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? That's how you treat the house of God. That's how you treat worship to me. That's how you treat living for me. Look at what he says. He says, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice lame or diseased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering that to the governor. Would he be pleased? Would he accept it? Says the Lord Almighty. And so I'm going to ask you today, when you bring what you bring to the Lord, Is that your best? Or is everything else getting your best and God getting the rest? Because clearly, these are leftover animals. Corporate America can't get all of you. CNN can't get all of your mind. All your energy can't be given to that. What are you saying, pastor? I got I to gotta work to live. Yes, work. Do what you got to do. But give God the best. So when you home and you sleeping and you say, man, I really don't want to go evangelize because I'm tired. Give him your best. It cost you something to come to evangelize. Almost cost me a building Friday night to evangelize. Right, Bam? Christine, don't laugh so hard. Let me tell you something. Give God your best. But God is so tough to go around. I got issues. There's somebody in the church I don't like. So it's going to cost you to go there and forgive them. Give God your best. We only want to give God. You know, people come, people like, Pastor, I was at an event and they gave me all this free stuff. I just want to bless the church, which is great. But then they turn around and act like, aren't you going to mention me? You gave nothing. When you went and bought it, that's why I don't never get up and brag about all the toys we give away and look at what we, you know why? Because it don't cost us that much. People often come to time and say, Pastor, here you go. You can't brag about what ain't costing you. Come on, somebody. Look, look, let, let, let's jump ahead. In the same book of Malachi 1.13, and you say, what a burden. And you sniff at it contemptuously, says the Lord Almighty. You, you, you say it's a burden. It's a burden. Serving God is a burden. And you sniff at it contemptuously, says the Lord Almighty. When you bring injured, lame, or diseased animals and offer them as sacrifice, should I accept them from your hand, says the Lord? Curses the cheat who has an acceptable male in his flock and vows to give it, but then sacrifices a blemished animal to the... For I am the great king, says the Lord Almighty, and my name is to be feared among the nations. And so this woman, who God is saying, help me, Stops her and says, 
Lady, if you knew who I was, you wouldn't give me second best because I can give living water. And she still persists. You don't have a bucket or nothing to draw with. And Jesus, let me conclude the story and get you all out of here. And Jesus goes on and he says in the next verse, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. The woman said, give me this water so that I don't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. I missed, I missed a couple things there. Let me back up. You have nothing to draw with from this well. It is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well and drank from it himself as did also his sons and his livestock? But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst indeed. The water I give uh, them will become in them. Jesus don't want to put a well outside of you. He want to put a well inside you. He said, lady, when I give you water, it's not a well. It's a, it's a flowing spring from your life. And let me tell you something. I started off by telling you what this does for my body. I'm telling you, I know heartache. If people have walked out on you, I know what that feels like. If you've been divorced in this room and people have hurt you, I know what that feels like. It does not feel good. Anybody who's ever went through a divorce and has been wrong or rejected, it feels like death. It feels like you built your whole life. Some people can't even move on. It feels like, how could I ever move on from this? If you've ever lost a loved one, it is painful. People who've lost mothers and fathers, it hurts. It don't matter what age it is. Death has a sting. There's people who lost family members. There's people who've lost spouses, people who've lost children. That pain is real. That pain is so real that you don't want to hear nothing from nobody. That you don't want to have friends anymore. You isolate. And then you come to church and it's hard to hear somebody say, give God glory. It's hard. It's hard. And I just wish there was a water. And here comes this man who's going to sit here. He don't know what all these men did to, did, did to this woman. He don't know what she's been through. He don't know what type of trauma. And then he got the nerve to say, give me water. And then he don't got his own bucket. You get your own stuff. Why? You, you don't understand what I'm going through? And he still got the nerve to say, lady, the water that you're looking for that can heal all of that pain is me. Don't fight me. But I'm asking you to take a step of faith and give me some water. Faith is always going to demand some action from you. And so do it while hurt. Do it while unsure. She has no idea. And so she goes on. This look what she says. She said, listen, if you got this kind of water, right? She says, ask, ask and I would give you living water. Sir, the woman said, 
You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can I get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well to drink from it, and as did his sons and livestock? But whoever drinks this water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life, Jesus answered. Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. The woman said, Sir, if you got water like that, I want it. Give me this water. And I want you to know today that it's still my cry. After all these years of following Jesus, every day I'm still saying, God, give me this water that I will never ever, God, allow the cares of life to drown the well inside of me. Give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go call your husband. I'm coming to the pain. You want the water. You want to be healed. Let's go where it is. Get your husband. At this point, what you know about my husband Has the other ladies been here at the well earlier? Because you know women don't talk. That's just a man thing. Men get together, conversation go like this. Hey, bro, hey, bro. Uh, I said, this is awkward. I'm going to catch you. I right, B? Get on the phone with Vince the other day. Vince, happy birthday. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, so, yeah, you, you celebrating? Man, you know we old. Alright, Vince, just God bless, bro. Alright, later. Peace. <laughs> Am I lying? It was a great convo though. <laughs> Show me your husband. I have no husband, she replied. Technically is not wrong because I'm currently not married, so I'm not really lying. A half truth is a whole lie. Come on, tell your neighbor, a half truth is a whole lie. So stop lying to me. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you're right. When you say you have no husband, the fact is, you've had five husbands. And the man you are now with, the one you have now, is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Now she switches it up. So you know a little something. Well, she ain't switch it up to get like that. The truth is in context here, it's starting to hit. And then when it hits and she begins to realize this man, there's no way he could know that. Then she says, I want to ask you about worship. And then she asks a theological question about is it right to worship in this location or that? And I'm going to fast forward this. You can read the rest of it at home. And she begins to ask, is it, 
y'all worship in Jerusalem. We worship on this. Where's it? But I'm wondering if she's really asking. Yeah, I know, Siri. <laughs> Even Siri is blessed by my... Boy, you know you preach it when Steve Jobs, Siri, is worshiping the Lord. It's on. Yeah. Closing prayer, man. Siri about to get saved and tell everybody on that phone, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? If you in case you're wondering what's happening at home, you gotta come to church city. Come on, man. We burning buildings on Friday and Siri getting saved on Sunday. God moving. Bam is like, I'm done with this church after today, bro. I ain't never coming back, bro. You can't do nothing wrong in this church. They get highlighted. And so Siri was asking Jesus. <laughs> oh, Lord. I bet they're going to switch to Android this week. <laughs> Somebody go get me, go get me, go get me. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, she brings up a theological question. She says, I want to ask you about worship. Where is it that we should worship? Is it where you Jews say or where we Samaritans say? But I'm wondering if really what she's asking is really pointing to now that you exposed who I am, that's really what's stopping me from worshiping. And I want to know, because it don't make sense. How do you go from a man just violating your whole life? My next question would be like, bro, who you talking to? <laughs> who said what about me? Come on, y'all. You know how many husbands I got, and you know my business of the current husband. You know how I started. Who? Was it Shirley? <laughs> Who Facebook page this on? Her next question was about worship. Because there are things in your life that if you're not careful, they could block you from worshiping anymore. There are people in this room who's been in Christianity so long, but if you check your worship life, it's going to indicate something to you. If that fire is no longer there, what's blocking it? What's stopping you from worshiping? And she said, and she said, and Jesus began to answer, he said, you Samaritans worship what you know not of. We worship what we know of, but it don't matter the location. Worship is not a location. The time is coming, and now is that time when worshipers will worship me in spirit. And, and then she begins to, 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 to just be transformed, and she said, listen, look, look what she says. Look, 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 look. She says, uh, worship, worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshiper the Father seeks. So beautiful what he says because he's telling her, he's, he's, he's talking to her. He's telling a lady, 
It don't matter where you are or you're not. You came to me with nationality and you came to me with my limits that I got no bucket. But you're the one limited by your circumstance and by your nationality. You're not limited to worship me because of you being a Samaritan and you're not limited because of what's happened in your life. The time is coming where God is looking for true worshipers and you can worship me in spirit and in truth. And the woman said at that point, I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. In other words, somebody who's nothing in the community just was elevated to, to the office of the highest. Theologically, he said, she said, uh, he's going to explain. Then Jesus declared, I am the one speaking to you. I am he. And just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked. What do you want or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar. He don't get the rest of me. He now gets. Because you know why? She got some. She came to be sustained, but now she's leaving changed. Come on, somebody. And I came to tell you that's the God we serve. If you've been saved a long time, it doesn't mean that bullets and, and weapons are not going to come. And when they hit you, they're going to hit hard. But here's the promise. They won't prosper. They won't prosper. They won't prosper. It's not going to. And it's hard at times. It's hard to trust. But don't give God the rest of you. Give him the best of you. And he is going to come to that place. He's going to come where the wound is. And he's going to remove what it is so that you could get back to a place of worship she left all the men were there they were wondering it why is he talking to this woman why but she didn't care she took a jar of water and the bible says she went back to the town and said come see a man do you know what that word sound like coming from her mouth come see a man what are you talking about which man he showed me everything i've ever done could he be the messiah that gotta be more than he showed me he showed me i was wrong here he showed me i was prideful he showed me this was in me that was in me but i want you to know no longer am i that i can worship god what are you talking about you're not in the right location no 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 he's looking for worshiper she said come see a man and you read on in that verse the bible says all them samaritans in that town came out and said we heard the woman speak but now we've seen it for ourselves and they believed when you give god the best to you listen to me young people you in this room your prime age, strength. Just like God will do something with your life, the enemy will do something with your life too. And there is no gray areas when you don't give God the best of you and you give the enemy the best of you, he's going to repay you. I've never seen a drug dealer, hallelujah, who goes on and on and he looks like he's living lavish and 
then eventually there's a way that seems right. I grew up right on this block. I seen drug dealers on this block come and go. They no longer there at the end of this corner. As a young kid, I dodged bullets on this block. Held my first gun in front of the church. And I've lived to see some of those folks. And they were young men. My mother in the back like, you will look You will look I never told you that, right? I never brought it in your house, mom. I didn't even, it wasn't even mine. I gave it right back. I didn't even hold it because they say when you put your hand on it, he's trying to get your fingerprints. So when he showed me, I said, all right. And hold that with like this. Come on, man. I'm from the streets, man. You can get my finger. Come on. You know what I'm talking about, right? You, you did. You, you got a gun too, right? <laughs> you know, you try to get a friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a gun too, right? Yeah, yeah. You shot somebody too, right? Yeah, we be killing people out here. I got to let y'all go home, yo. I be messing up my whole sermon. The Lord be trying to move. I can't work with you, bro. Let me tell you, give God these young years. Give God these young years and watch what God does with your life. Now, some people hear that and they walk out of here and don't give God nothing. But when you're in trouble... Listen to me, 20s and 30s, who are on your hustle. Like, grind and be great. I'm striving for greatness. And you just want theaters of people knowing your name. Oh, man. I just want you just going to be great and make money. And they're going to know my name before I leave. God the best to you because when you hit 40 the check engine light comes on <laughs> anybody seen the check engine light and just like we do on the car we ignore it <laughs> keep driving if your check engine is on right now you ignoring it it's going to break your car. You don't have to tell us what your check engine light is saying. You hit 40, all the McDonald's that you thought was so good, them nuggets show up. And says, you didn't know all along we was building a pipeline in your heart. all of a sudden you got something called high blood pressure but I come not known bother me I laugh and you take your pressures through the roof bro you about to have a heart attack but I could and all that sugar that you ate all that sugar said we coming for you Y'all just was about to take your seatbelts off, right? Yeah, like, I put that joint back on. And that check engine light come on, and you start to look at the 30s and the 20-year-olds 
that are lying on Instagram. <laughs> and you say, I want to do that again. I want to, I got to find, I got to find me. You were with you 40 years, bro. If you didn't find you yet, Preach this in a sermon. I'll leave it alone. But you got to be careful that you don't get sidetracked and start giving God the rest of you. Don't you ever feel like anything you've ever done for God wasn't worth it? And then when you get to your 50s and 60s and your 70s, I know the higher it get, the 70s, the 50s is the new 20s, and the 70s, the 60s is the new 30s, and the 70s is the new 40s. And you see the grannies on TikTok. <laughs> How many granny you? Song, come on. 75? Body like this? You know me. And you know she a granny because soon the video go off, she like... You know that these systems are created to make you feel like this? And the very people that run these systems don't got their kids on it? Steve Jobs said he'd never give his kid an iPad. The same people that create this stuff, same people that put this stuff out, and they are manipulating us. And we are feeling empty when we got living water. The church is still the thing God wants to build. The local body is still what's up. Don't, uh, and I thank God for the mega churches, but don't be deceived. The goal is not mega church. The goal is Jesus. The goal is always Jesus. Big or small, the goal is Jesus. It don't take all of this to worship God. The time is coming when worshipers will come on somebody. I'm done preaching. But anybody in here who got living water, if you don't got, you could drink today. Let the Lord touch your heart and your mind. If you hurting right now, give it to him. Give it to him while hurting. Give it to him while in pain. Say, Father, restore unto me the joy. Oh, let me help you. Because you're looking at me like, well, I don't got to worship. Because it's going to cost you to worship. It's going to cost you right now to lift your hands and actually open your mouth it's not me yeah it costs you to go out of pocket come on in this room come on remain standing remain standing come on Come on, I'm going to ask my wife to come up here, Brother Fred. Stacy, come up here. Denzel, come up here. Hallelujah. Where's Brother Sam? Is he working? Hallelujah. Come up here. Come up here. Hallelujah. If you need a word of prayer, come to this altar right now. Come, come. We want to pray with you. Come. Come, leave your seats and come. Come, leave your seats and come and lift your hands. Come to the altar. Come on, lift your hands to heaven. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come, come, come to the altar. Come, come, lift your hands. Lift your hands all over this room. In the name of Jesus, drink from the living water. A well that will never run dry. 
He's concerned about you. He's concerned about everything about your life. Come on, lift your hands all over this room. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to ask the ministers on this stage to go ahead and pray for the folks that are standing at this altar. Find them and pray for them in the name of Jesus. And as they lay hands and pray for you, hallelujah, I believe in faith that God is going to restore. God is going to give you breakthrough. Come on, church. Those in the audience who don't need the prayer right now, you pray for them. Come on. Begin to send up a prayer. God, we pray for healing. We pray for healing from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet. We pray for heartbreak to be lifted. We pray for things that we're confused about that we don't understand. That you would give us peace, that you got it. You might never give us an explanation, but we ask for peace. You might never give us an understanding of what we're going through, but we do ask for peace, God. God, give peace that passes understanding. God, remove bitterness. God, there's some blockage there that we just don't know how to get over. I tried and I really want to, but I just can't let go. Help me to get over it. Help me to worship you again. Help me to, help me to break, break, break. Break off of people's lives. Break in the name of Jesus. Break in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, you said you give living water, God. You said, God, if we drink from you, we'll never thirst again. So fill this room. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name. Continue to pray for folks. As you pray for them, continue to pray for them. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. When you've received your prayer, you may return to your seat. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. We give you praise, we give you honor, we give you glory. In the name of Jesus, have your way, oh God. Have your way, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor in this house. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Father, I bless your name and I pray that your power would fall right now. In the name of Jesus, break every stronghold. Break every God. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God, I praise your name. I praise your name. I give you glory, God. I thank you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' mighty name, God, I give you praise, I give you thanks, I give you honor, I give you glory. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that whatever they are believing you for, I thank you that you are their God. I thank you that you will never leave nor forsake. Things, God, that God is out of our control, we place in your hands. Things that we are worried about. Things, God, that you've spoken, we trust you. God, we pray, God, that you would cause a worship and a spring of life to well up in them. God, that Lord Jesus, no devil can quench. Oh, God, we ask, God, that you would give living water in the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. When you receive prayer, you may return to your seat. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Great. Say great, 
are you lord it's your breath it's your breath 